Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm Peter Lewis, and this is... Josh Dobie. Hey, we're from Breakthrough Church here in the eastern part of Melbourne, and we are so excited to have you join us for Breakthrough Academy. Yeah, we are just glad to be here week in, week out. That's, as I say, every week. I don't know if I said it last week, but I'll, I'll never stop saying it. <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be anywhere else. <laughs> I, I, I love, you know, even uh, just getting up and just coming here and, and always looking forward and excited for what God is going to do. Um, I, I always love like the things that we have learned and, and even getting excited for like how we're going to go deeper, we're going to go further, uh, deeper understanding, more revelation. So uh, we, it's, it's just awesome and I love it. So looking forward to today, it's going to be good. Yeah, I, and I, I love the fact that um, it gives us opportunity to, to take time to work through the mm, Word. Yeah, I love that, yeah. And to build a foundation. Um, sometimes I, I feel very bad, it's, it's the teacher part of me, Hates just saying something to somebody and just asking you take it on my you know take it on my authority yeah. and you can say well I trust you that you study the word but no the teacher part of me says no I want to show you from the word mm, so that you can build good. that on me so I, I can you can this then I get moved out of the equation yeah this is not because um, I heard it at Breakthrough Academy it's because this is what the word says yeah and then you can sort of you can wrestle with the word and let that work in you and really Breakthrough Academy just sort of disappears and that's my that's my yeah. heart is that everything um can be taken back to the word and um that's why i love taking the time we do at breakthrough academy because it gives us opportunity to go into the word and then the word can work because the word's so powerful and um uh, this is I, I love this this is um my hand-drawn uh logo and everything breakthrough academy done very quickly this before the very first session i thought oh, i'll just do it hand-drawn i've never gone back and updated it so it's just nice and sort of you know it's just got that raw edge to it um i but i just done in a moment before we arrived um for the very first breakthrough academy because i wanted to show this diagram of what breakthrough academy you see it down at the bottom um screen i have a look at that screen here yeah you so on your side josh down over that side breakthrough academy yeah you can uh down there look look Oh, oh, on the screen, yeah. Yeah, down, down on the bottom. Whoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's, always that's good one. doing the mirroring. Um, so what does that logo mean and why is it there? It's because it's made up of two parts, the Word of God, which is the outside, representing mm. the Word, and then the mountain, representing mountain um, building faith. Um, it, you know, when mount, Jesus said mountain you, moving faith. Ma mountain building, mountain moving faith. Yeah, when Jesus said... If you speak and, and declare, you know, you can move mountains. Yes. Um, and that's the purpose is not just to dive deep into the word um, and then to sort of get filled with knowledge, which can puff you up and end up pride. No, the whole purpose of what we're doing is to build us up so that we strengthen our faith. The word should quicken us. We should yeah. go out of this more full of excitement and joy mm. for the word and, and faith building us. Um, I, love the, I love that sense sometimes I get... I feel like my heart is so it's like swollen on the inside, like, and I've just got to go out and do it. I want to live it. I want yeah. to. I want to express that. Yeah. And that's what I want Breakthrough Academy to have that expression where people's faith is grown, and they come out of this place saying, "I can believe God." I, I do know that there's been Bible colleges where people explore things, but in such a way that actually um, undermines their faith. You might think that's just crazy, but I actually know of I know of a pastor's wife um, that you know. I, Welcome to, well, Christine and, and Hannibal. Yes, welcome, Brooke, everybody. Judith, um, Joe, Peggy, all those have already sort of joined us. Um, Christine will remember this. There was a pastor and his wife that we knew, and she decided she'd go to do Bible college, even though she'd you know, done a lot of Bible study. She thought, I'll just add to my um, mm. um, 
you know, my, my Christian experience and my strength. Yeah. And so she went and joined a Bible college. And um, do you remember, Christine, she said to us, um, oh, I've stopped going to that Bible college because we're asking about it. She said, no, I've stopped. She says it was, it was um, hurting my faith. I said, pardon, I must have misheard you. Um, why have you stopped? She said, no, it was undermining my faith. Yeah. They, they, all they would do is speak about it in such a way that was so intellectual, yeah. and so academic, but they were just picking it apart. And she said, my faith was getting yeah. weakened. And I thought, that's the exact opposite of what yeah. you want. When you come into the Word, that's so you want to come away ready to you know, bite the back off of a chair and cast out a dozen yeah. demons. And, and you, you want to go into your world and you want to live it out and you want to share it with your friends and you want to see your unsaved friend get saved because the Word has become alive in you. Yeah, because I, I know I'm so grateful to be a part of Breakthrough Church. And like, like even when, when you're preaching every Sunday, like you're always preaching in a way that's like, you're excited about it and your excitement is coming through with your preaching yeah. and that's contagious and like and us we're always like oh and grab onto that and then like oh, and then we have that same excitement that same um like it's it's contagious for us and then not just to be something a nice message that we heard yeah. but this is the word of god and this is this is molding us changing our lives becoming more like jesus and so it's for us to grab a hold on to you know walk that out not just talk about it walk it out live it out and so it's, it's really cool. Yeah, so that's exciting. And um, I, I remember, um, yeah, Christine says she remembers that. It was, um, we won't name names, but wow, that was um, pretty, pretty sad. So, yeah. so we are going to do exactly what you've said, Josh. We're going to take what the Word says and we're going to bring it to you. And we're going to let the Word work in your heart. So I, I finished last week, um, uh, I think, let's see, this is the last slide. All right, we, we, we were talking about... Another, another diagram <laughs> that is this, easy to understand. Yeah, if this isn't totally clear to you, you might need to go back last week and a few weeks just to get it. But I, I, we'll just do a quick summary. Here, here's Gingerbread Josh, if you can see him in the middle there. And um, his conscience speaks to him and his conscience works with him to, to help him grow and, and to live a, a it's good my, life. It's my ally or my, my personal trainer. Yeah, exactly. And we, we discovered last week that one of the, the key purpose of, a, of your conscience is to help you walk the life of faith out, to walk the life of grace, mm. to live out that. And that's what it's constantly pushing. And if we turn it into anything else, yeah. um, we're actually we, we're blocking its uh, primary purpose. Yeah. And he talked about... Um, religious rulers in the book of Ephesians, religious rulers who had seared their conscience. And whenever you talk about a seared conscience, I immediately would have thought of how oh, they, they, they can live wickedly. Yeah. They, they can do anything they want. You know, a person with a seared conscience sins like they don't care about tomorrow. They, they just live any, any sin they do. But when we discovered it, a person with a seared conscience actually was like a high Pharisee. Yeah. They were religious and they say, don't do this and don't, don't, you know, don't, not, not, not even a, oh, don't have sex. It's like, you better not even get married yeah. and you shouldn't eat this food and you should observe this. So a person with a seared conscience actually was highly um, religious and highly mm. um, restricted in what they could do. Because uh, they, they, were, they were blocking, was it? They were blocking like the word or? or? Their, their, their conscience, which was designed yeah. to enable them to walk in grace, yeah. had been seared. And they said, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And so... Our conscience is designed by the work of the New Testament to enable us to walk out the grace that God has given mm. us. That's why it's so exciting. We, and we go back to Hebrews when it talks about the fact that the, um, 
Uh, it's been a few weeks now, so let's. I, I'm, I just want, uh, we'll do a little bit of revision. I don't like to do too much revision because you can just do it by going back. Yeah. But we're going to use this to, to launch into where we're going today. Mm. Um, so the, the Levitical priesthood um, had a problem that it, it, it couldn't work in their conscience. And, and we look at Hebrews 9, 9. We bring up the scriptures. So Hebrews 9, 9. Yeah, I'm just taking my time here. There we go. This was a symbol for the time when, um, for the time when, the, when time then present, when gifts and sacrifices were offered that could not perfect the conscience of the worshiper. Okay, the, the, and where it says the worshiper, think of the minister, the person who was ministering to the Lord, mm. the person who would come and minister to the Lord, but the very things that he was doing the gifts that he was bringing, the sacrifices he's making, could not bring into perfection his conscience. Mm. And um, and look, go to verse 14. Let's have a look at verse 14. How much more, how much more then can now it's comparison with the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. So this sacrifice, the sacrifice that Jesus brought of himself through the spirit, it says, he will purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God and worship there again to minister mm, the living God. That's good. So it's like, ah, oh, what Jesus has done has actually purified our conscience. Um, let's just look at that. I actually don't know where this is going to go in terms of purify. I'm just curious. Um, sometimes this, this, I, I look at things and like, yeah, so who knows what we're going to get right this now. Is, this is what we're here for. Um, let's just look at that word purify. Um, I'll just bring it down here. Because um, in the um, New American, it's cleanse. Catharizo, catharsis, to cleanse. Um, pure, to make, to free from filth. Okay, so you can sort of look through all the, look at the white. Just, if you look at the white, you'll see the definitions. Okay. Um, from the word catharos, which means pure. So it's to cleanse, to free from filth. So there's a whole lot of scriptures which shows that um, to cleanse or make clean from leprosy um, for legal cleansing, to, to cleanse in the sense of purification. Um, so it's to, to, to make it right, mm. to, to, to fix it all up, yeah. to clean it out, to put the fire, clean it out. And when you think about um, what, the, what the, the oath and the proclamation about the new covenant would be, when it said the new covenant's going to do something, it's going to work on the inside. It's going to, mm. give, it's going to cleanse you from the inside. It's going to, it says, I'm going to write my law on your heart. Yeah. He says, you're no longer as man going to say, know God, but he's going to know God. Yeah. What that means is it's going to be an internal thing, not just something that's external, mm. but you yourself, every one of us will get to know God on the inside. It talks about the fact that we have a, um, a circumcision of the heart, a, a uh, yeah. sensitivity and a, and a center part of the heart. So the whole thing is an internal. That's, the, that's what God said the New Test, Testament's going to be, the new covenant's going to be. And part of that is, as part of that process, I'm going to cleanse and purge and fix up and restore mm. and, and make whole your conscience. Mm. Your conscience is um, part of that. And, it's like, and, and people often miss that. They don't yeah. see, if they talk about what happens in salvation, 
often they will not mention the conscience. Mm. The conscience doesn't have any sort of role to play. They don't see that. And um, um, and you can see it in chapter 10, verse 22. Uh, let's go back to chapter 10 and then verse 22. Um, let us draw near with a sincere heart into the assurance that faith brings, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience mm. and our bodies washed in pure water. So I believe my, our conscience is actually a part of our spirit. Mm. All right. We don't have a conscience and a spirit. Our yeah. spirit, our spirit man has a conscience. It's, mm. a, it's a part of the functioning of our spirit. And so the spirit man, which can, can, um, can commune directly with God. You know, remember Jesus said, um, uh, we, we worship we're not, we're not worshipping in the natural, but we worship in, in spirit. Mm. It's a spiritual yeah. relationship. Um, we worship in spirit and in truth. Our spirit man connects with God, is able to have fellowship with God. And in that realm, we can hear from the Holy Spirit. We can, the, the things like the word of God speak into mm. it and strengthen our yes. spirits, make our spirits stronger. Wherever, you know, we've used that sort of terminology. Where our spirits get strong, um, get um well, we're talking about our spirit man. Yeah. And that spirit man has a function called the conscience. Now, I've many times um, confused when I'm hearing my conscience thinking, oh, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit. I'm hearing, mm. you know, what, what am I hearing? And I often think it's the spirit or my spirit. I'm trying to wait. But my conscience is actually, in one sense, you could say the voice of your spirit speaking up to you. Yeah. And it speaks to you about spiritual things. It speaks to you about things that will affect and influence um, your relationship with God and your eternal salvation and all those things, it speaks into those areas. Mm. So my spirit, so I, what's happened is when I got saved, that part of me that was speaking about my damaged brokenness before God, our fallenness before God, my sinfulness, as it says here, my, an evil conscience, an awareness of my evil and unrighteous mm. standing yeah. in God, suddenly that's been cleansed. <laughs> And suddenly my conscience is all alive and alert and it's alive again. And it begins to speak to me out of my grace. And yeah. The, and the, the favor that I'm now standing in with God. Yeah. And, and the, what God's got. So it's wonderful. But if I begin to lean back into the old ways of thinking, which is approval by works and being, you know, um, you know, it's how you, you know, what you do, yeah. it gets you approval with God, not who you are expressing that. Mm. Um, what I'm doing is I have to shut down that conscience part and say, no, 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 we're not going to listen to that. And so I take my evil, my conscience, which is evil, that's been cleansed, and I see, a, I don't want to hear that. I, don't, I, I see the grace part. Yeah. The grace part of my conscience. Stop hearing that. And so now my conscience is damaged. And um, an, another phrase for what it becomes is stained or, mm. or, 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 or it, it's marked, it's broken, it's not working right. And in this instance, in the book of Ephesians, it was like, okay, that is now, I, I'm, I've, I've, I've damaged it and now it's speaking to me about things of high legalism. You know, you won't do this, you will observe this day, you won't mm. eat this food. And Paul said, food that God has said, it's fine for you to eat that food. And, and we talked about Peter when Peter was told, it was put before him, eat. And he's like, oh, Lord, I've never eaten that. And he says, no, no, no. Mm, yeah. Peter, no, no, you now got this, this. 
there's a grace on this. You can eat this. This is good for you to eat. Yeah. It's fine for you to eat. It's no, no, there's no problems with that. Um, now, that doesn't mean that some foods aren't wise to eat. You know, like some people say, oh, you know, oh, the Bible says I can eat anything. Well, well, it does. It, 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 in, in the sense of it's not going to affect your salvation now because, you know, these things were part of the shadow, but now yeah. you can. But there's some things unwise to eat. You know, the Bible does not say, and I heard another preacher say, this is not original with me. The Bible does not say, do not eat a lawnmower. All right? So that doesn't mean it's okay to eat a lawnmower. <laughs> it's just like, just because it doesn't, it, it, you know, sort of gives you liberty, yeah. doesn't mean everything is fine. <laughs> does it make sense? So when it says, oh, everything's fine, it's talking about in the context of, no, there's no more religious control over that. But some foods are not as good for me as other foods. Mm. And some foods are actually bad for me. And there are some foods that I shouldn't eat, but not out of a religious shouldn't, shouldn't, but it's out of a healthy, yeah. this is right, this is wrong. That's right. Um, yeah. you know, and so some people, you know, let, let, me get, let me get very close to the bone. Some people are still trying to work that out in terms of bacon, Josh. Uh, you know, like, and now, now we're sort of, I, I might have I lost love, half my I audience. I love here. bacon. Yeah. I, I'll eat bacon. Yeah. And, um, and so God, God obviously said no eating uh, pig, no eating any uh, products from a pig. So bacon and ham and all, pork, you know, all the good stuff. Uh, unclean, know, unclean animals. Um, yeah. So he said, you know, you shouldn't eat that. And so should we eat that now as Christians? You know, well, we've got a freedom to eat that. But there's a point there. Sometimes when they look into what God did, that the animals that he said not to eat, some of them were not just because he's making a religious distinction, but because they actually weren't that good for you. And there's a part where pigs tend to eat garbage and the garbage gets into their body. And so you are eating meat that's actually just processed garbage. Um, but it tastes good. I understand that. And, um, and, and so some Christians sort of work with it. You know, like there's an understanding, oh, I shouldn't eat this. Mm. Um, well, do it. But don't do it as a way of yeah. fulfilling the law to yeah. say, well, it's because I don't think that's a very healthy meat yeah. to eat. And God gave us some that's clues good. for that because in the Old Testament, he gave us some clues. But now we're not doing that. Um, I remember, do you remember Smith Wigglesworth? Great sort of old you know, Pentecostal um, preacher. And um, he was at a Christian camp. That was about like the 1930s, 1940s, around that time. And um, he was, and they had a big luncheon and they put a big roast pig. So they got this you know, big pig on a spit in the middle and it was like oh, roast pork for everybody. And they said, you know, uh, Brother Wigglesworth, can you, you know, say grace for us? And he was a man that did not mince words. And he said, Lord, if you can bless that which you've cursed, bless this food. <laughs> so I he like was that. like, okay. He's not, he was not for eating pig. Um, but um, so anyway, we've got a little bit off the track. But what I'm saying is um, a conscience is, is actually re renewed and cleansed yeah. and, and, and restored That's right. to enable us to walk this life of grace out. That's what it's designed for. It's, yeah. it's actually aimed to get you walking in God's grace. Mm, I, see, I see like a root of like that seared conscience or potentially a root, yeah. like where that's pride, where yeah. it's, it's suppressing grace, pushing it away yeah. and, and going into that works. Yeah. So like with whatever we're doing, you know, put pride away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because pride is a, a key factor of work, the works because, mm. you know, it gives you something to boast about. I did that. I boast yeah. about this. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing well. And you look at the Pharisees. They love to do things standing on street corners. Mm. They love to let man know about what they're doing. And um, so, yeah, so if you, if you watch. So as a point of that, 
um, your conscience in grace will be um, particularly sensitive to things of pride because it will recognize that mm. as, a, as a very enemy of yeah. what it's trying to do. So if you ever begin to move into pride, your conscience will jump up and down. Mm. But if you say, oh, no, it's good, it's good that people know how, um, how much I'm living for God and, look, I'm praying for three hours a day and I just got to let everybody know about it. Um, you know, it's like... Um, and there's you know, your reward. Uh, yeah, it, it's... If people have got to tell you how much they're doing for the Lord, um, there's something not right. Mm. And, um, you know, I remember once meeting a guy and he, he said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm leading this and I'm a deacon here. And, I, and he just had this, and, and it, was, it flowed, flowed very freely. He, mm. he had this list very clearly it's, in his head. It sounded good to him. Yeah, he loved all the titles he had. He loved all the things he had. And I'm like, wow, this, this, it, but my, you know what my conscience did? Don't go down there. That's, you know, don't, don't, don't play this game. Well, I'm this and I'm this and mm. I'm this. My conscience, like, let's not play this game. Dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. So my conscience there was actually alerting me to walking in grace. Mm. It was the grace that's walk good. that it was leaning me to, and that's what it's designed for. The that's, conscience. That's what is, you want. Yeah. yeah, your conscience is there to be your best helper. Now, if your conscience um, becomes damaged in that process, you you um, you should. And you're quite, it's quite healthy to actually restore it and reset it up to be mm. what it's intended to be. Mm. Um, so we came to this point where um, if you've got a, a, your conscience coming and your conscience bothers you, all right, let, okay, let, let's, let's start afresh. Let's, There's always another diagram we can make that next week we can come back and say, yeah, Mr. what happened here? Mr. Gingerbread Man, okay, you have your conscience. And it's giving you, um, <laughs> you know that, that, yeah. um, how, how would anyone online, how, how could you describe what it feels like? Um, it, it's like, I don't know, like, like a grinding sort of like. An internal grinding. Yeah, it, it was, it was smooth and all of a sudden. Yeah. You know yeah. It's, it's, does it sometimes make it, um, you know, if we've got even those here, um, does it sometimes that make affect you physically? Have you ever been physically affected by your conscience? You feel sick? Affected my appetite? Mm, I, I, yeah. I couldn't eat sometimes yeah. with my conscience. True, yeah. <laughs> I lost That's my appetite. I feel like I felt sick in my stomach. Have you ever said yeah. that phrase? Yeah. And you actually, it, it's affected you physically. You, so your conscience is quite powerful. Mm. It can, um, it, it can, um, if your conscience is bothering you, have you ever tried to sort of, you know, Outbold it and sort of you know I'm all good I'm all good yeah. I'm happy. For, for me, like I, I work in in sheet metal, so I'm always getting micro little metal splinters, and they get they get stuck in my skin, and it won't bother me until like fabric will brush across oh. it, and then it's like oh that's really painful. So you can like you can suppress it, and then something happens. It's like yeah, it's just yeah. been pricked, it just, it, and it's yeah. like oh that's actually really annoying. Like, like you know it's uncomfortable. And what happens is sometimes you, you just hold it back and then you don't really notice it. And then someone will say something. It's like, yeah, remember that. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. What's interesting with that is that if I, if I ignore it, my body will eventually push it out, even right. if I can't get it. Can so, do. like, if you keep ignoring your conscience, <laughs> you know, just. Uh, it's not, it's not going to, um, you know, and you have trigger words. People say something and, mm. and, and, 
sometimes people respond and think, oh, I've touched a sensitive spot. That's because the conscience tender there mm. and, they're, and they're still trying to work around it. So I'm, I'm saying, it, it, and, and, oh, and this is where the conscience gets a bad name because it's like, oh, it's a pretty, it's pretty tough. Mm. And, um, and especially if it's starting to feed into the areas of, um, you know, that, that legalism and, and what, you know, things you ought to do. Mm. And, and if it's constantly speaking to you in there, then you have that sort of problem where you just sort of feel like <laughs> my conscience is constantly giving me a hard time. And, I, and, um, and sort of feel like that's, that's, that's just the mark of being a mature Christian. You know, this, this is what a mature Christian has to put up with because what's the alternative? No conscience. And all it is is my conscience, I become so aware of the areas that I'm failing in and the areas, yeah. that, I, and, and the areas that I should do better in and the fact that I should be witnessing more, mm. and the fact that uh, should be reading my Bible, should be more. reading my Bible more. And I've heard, and I've heard of sermons like you know, oh, uh, you know, and, and praise God, I don't hear them that often. It's probably because I'm not listening to mm. places. But, but this is sometimes this is the sort of sermon you can hear. It's um, uh, something like, have you have you done everything you should this this week for the Lord? Have you really given Him your all? Did you know? Was the Lord number one in everything of your life? Was there something that you did this week where God wasn't number one? And it's like, ah. Oh. It's just like waves of condemnation. Yeah, just... waves. And it's like, and, and then your conscience begins to get it. Um, Christine here says, uh, Mark, yeah, butterfly feeling. Yeah, that, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, something not right. Christine, I will feel sick to my stomach if I go against my conscience. Yeah, I feel, oh, I, I've. I've wounded my best friend and said no to him. And that's mm. how sort of feeling. Um, so some mature Christians can sometimes feel that this is the mature Christian life. In yeah. fact, they would say that is a healthy mm. mature Christian. Because it keeps them on track. Because <laughs> it keeps them on track and it's so alert to all the things. So a not, a, a, an immature Christian or a, a worldly Christian, they don't have this. Mm. But me, because I'm a mature Christian, I've got this. Yes. And so it's almost like, and then you've got to become the danger. It becomes like a badge. Well, this is, this is what I, this is, this is what I got to endure because I'm sensitive to mm, God. Yeah. And I'm sensitive to God and my sensitivity makes me always. Yeah. You can, you'll, you'll then call it something else. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, I remember talking to a Christian once who was like, how can I be joyful when the world's in, going to hell? Mm. And, that, that, and to them, it's like I'm so tuned to the sadness that God feels over the people that are lost. I cannot have any joy in my life because that would be um, like a, a poke in the eye. To, mm. to you know, it's like it's like when I come around you and you're you're grieving something, and I'm all bright and bubbly. You know, it's like that's just very insensitive. Mm. And it's ins and it would be insensitive for me to be joyful when we're in a world that's going to hell. Yeah. And so they 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 felt. It's constantly, but I can't even can't even have joy. It's like this heaviness and weight of, of concern. And so um, people feel that this is um, the normal and even the desired or mm. the inevitable life of someone who becomes mature in God. Yeah. And you sort of encourage it. So as we discovered, okay, that's not what God planned. Remember that God's plan um, is that this conscience is not telling us about our sinfulness. Yeah. That's part of what we've been redeemed from mm. and the new covenant comes in and it speaks to us about who we are in Christ and the grace that is given to us and the righteousness given to us. 
And so people, ah, oh, but doesn't mean I can sin then and not be feel guilt. Yeah. That's, that's not, it's, no, because, so let's deal with what to do when your conscience now sends a signal. And I said, this is not the only signal. You can actually get a leaning and a nudging in the right direction. Um, let me give you an example um, that I'm sort of trying to become more sensitive and aware to in terms of the conscience also, it, it's, it's a positive prod, not just a negative. Often, so let's just take that. Let, let's get rid of that for a sec. And let's do using color code. Let's give me a positive. Okay, and we, and we sometimes don't recognize that as the conscience. When I hear something positive, I've actually said that's the Holy Spirit. Because I feel the Holy Spirit is more positive. Yeah. So when when I when, when I'm receiving a positive push or a positive vibe or a po- I've 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 not recognised that as the conscience. Yeah. Because the conscience doesn't. That's so good. Yeah. I, I, I only only the conscience is the negative. It's the feeling sick in the stomach. It's the, you know butterflies. So I was just meditating and thinking about this because I had this sense. Um, it was like oh, just I should spend time with God, but not in the red. It was like, oh, there's something in God that he wants to show me. There's something, there's something, I just, I actually just enjoy being in God's presence. And it's like, and, you know, so Josh, if I, you know, what, what's, what's one of your favorite activities? Um, do you do, do, do jits? Uh, not currently, but I would love to be Love to be doing it, jits. So. All right. So if I said, Josh, we should do a jit session. You go, oh. You know, like not with me. I, you know, I take the people. Let's go, let's go do it. Let's go. Let's go do a, a ju, you know, is it jujitsu? Jujitsu. Jujitsu. Let's do a jujitsu session. That's not a negative red. No. That 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 doesn't awaken in you a. Oh, that's like oh, I'd like to do that. I'm just you know I've got some priorities, but oh, I should prioritize. Yeah. Mm. And if I'm like, and if I can, Josh, come on, let's make time for it. Let's make time for that, Josh. Um, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I will. Yeah, all right. I, I just needed some nudging. I needed some encouragement. I needed my personal trainer to tell me to do something. Mm. Everything your personal trainer tells you to do is not something you dislike. Yeah. Okay, people who really enjoy working out often enjoy mm. the process of working. They yeah. enjoy it. It's fun, especially um, if you do, um, for instance, I, I don't enjoy exercise, but I enjoy doing things that involve physical activity. Mm. So I will enjoy playing basketball way yeah. more than I'll enjoy you know, work, you know, running on a treadmill. Mm. And, um, you know, a 30-minute playing basketball is something... You, you can say, come on, you should do that. Okay. Yeah, all right. I will. You know, I was going to mow the lawns, but you know what? They can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Let the grass grow just a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, so one millimetre, no one will notice. Yeah, let's do it. I can, uh, I can rearrange my day tomorrow. Yes, let's go, let's go. Uh, that nudge, which comes from a personal trainer sort of nudge... Mm. I always took it as being the Holy Spirit because it was per, it was um, it was positive. It was come on, yeah, come on, let's do this. Let's you can do this, um, and um, and I'm suddenly realizing, ah, I think that's just my conscience. That's my conscience yeah. telling me you should do this. Yeah, because like do this since since you've been teaching us and like making us aware of these things, like. Um, and every time, like I'm, I'm just in my time with the Lord, or or, or I, I hear a voice. I'm first. I'm like, all right, is that my conscience, or was that you, Holy Spirit? And I'm not getting all twisted over no, it. No, I'm no. not getting like all serious. Like, you know, I now spend ten minutes. Yeah. Oh, I think it was the Holy Spirit. But it's just like actually just recognizing that it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you got a distinction between the two. 
So yeah. like it, how it's important now to do that. Like what you said, I've also done like in the past, oh, I thought it was the Holy Spirit and I looked back and I'm like, actually, no, it was just my conscience. Or I thought it was my conscience, like, oh, actually, that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I like what Judah said, our conscience either convicts or confirms. Mm. It, it, it's got that confirming yeah. sort of side, to, which we often, we don't get. Yeah. Or we think it's the confirming side of when I don't do something bad, mm. this is good job. Well done. It's not that, it, it's, it's more uh, pushing you in the right thing and a, in the grace, not pushing me in terms of, oh, you shouldn't eat that. And I feel really good afterwards. I didn't eat that. Yeah. No, this is talking about, I do something by grace, I do something out of the spirit, and I'm sort of nudged, and because my spirit says, "That's what we do. That's who mm. you are. That's what you. That's you should. You should. You should give expression to that. You yeah. should work that out." And so I have never I, I, this 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 drawing to spend time with God. I've always thought that's just the Holy Spirit, but I'm recognizing it comes out of the same place. It's actually it's actually my conscience that's been trained. This mm. is a good thing. You should do this. You yeah. should push this. And, it's, and if I don't spend time with God, it's not like, oh, you haven't spent the appropriate time with God. It's more a case of, oh, I'm missing this. You've, you've, you've missed your exercise for a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, you should, yeah. So not, oh, guilty. Oh, yeah, I should hit the gym. It's like, oh, I haven't played basketball for a couple of days. I should do it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because I, I really want to get back into that and mm. I want to. So it's a leaning. So your conscience is, is there to give this green light and to push and to, to nudge. Now, um, or if you move into the wrong direction, it will give the red and also near that butterflies that sick in the stomach, uh, 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 you know. So it, it's it's doing both. Mm. Um, how do we train it? We we finished last week speaking from Hebrews when it talks about training. Um, that uh, well, let's just look at it. Um, Hebrews 5, and the last verse, verse 14. Solid food is for the mature, whose perceptions, whose, um, whose inward direction organ, mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah. More, it's inward moral organ, are trained by practice mm. to discern both good and evil. Um, it's by the living it out, we strengthen it and help it to get refined. Yeah. Um, so there's two areas, obviously, um, one that we've been mentioning all the time. We, we must be fed. We must have our ultimate authority. Which is the word of God, you know, the things of the spirit. Because there's lots of other, um, our, lots of other things feed into our conscience. Lots of other, we can't make it. Can I just say, your conscience, this is not your only authority. That's why I say ultimate, not only. Mm. Um, because you, do, you, you, live in a, you live in a society where um, yeah. you should be with family at Christmas. You feel, you know, feel guilty if you're not. <laughs> it's, like, it's just sort of wrong. You know, there's, there's, you know, people have all sorts of... It's, just, it's, right to, it's wrong to wear white pants in winter. You know, just, you know, like, what, what is that? You know, it was, you know I, I know of a husband and wife where the wife's like, what are you doing? You're wearing white pants in winter. He's like, yeah, because I want to. He said, no, white is a summer color. Do you know what I mean? You don't wear white in winter. And he's like, who makes these rules? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who makes these rules? I pull them out because they're clean and they yeah. fit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> um, I like white. <laughs> yeah, and he's got no sense of that 
this is the right and wrong way to do things in, mm. in NASA. But that's not always healthy because you just live a, a very individualistic life and you clash against the cultures that you're yeah. in. And there's some good, healthy cultures. And, and um, you know, if someone said to you, what do you do on December 25th? And you said, I just spent the day alone. People say, well, that's wrong. What's wrong with you? Yeah, because it's not. No, you need to. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. It's not right. That's not what we do. That's not how it's done. Yeah. So, so that's a cultural thing. Not wrong. Just cultural. Mm. And um, so there's other authorities that feed into that, and that's what you know. That's all good. Um, But the ultimate authority, you need to have a point where, whenever there's a conflict, the word of God will always trump whatever Mm. conflict. So if the world says one thing. And the word says something else. Will you say no? That's I just go that. That's mm. the way. All right. And so um, traditions, all those things fit in the wrong in the feed into that. They don't not necessarily wrong, but if they don't, if they clash, then you take the ultimate authority. So that the f- the first way to train is to make sure that you are feeding on that which is going to give your conscience the right mm. instructions. Because otherwise, you know, you can be just. If, I'm not telling you to strengthen your conscience if your conscience is following out of a, a tradition of legalism in your church. It's the right fuel. Yeah, so the, yeah, it's got the right standard, the right stuff feeding in. But then the second part to training your conscience is how you listen to it, what you're doing at this level. If you are ignoring it, if you are suppressing it, if you resist it, then it damages your conscience and you're not mm. able to work. Yeah. Right? So you've got so you've got to both be encouraging it and listening to it. And so particularly want to speak about what happens when you get a red flag. All right. Now we've already spoken about one of the things is if if that red flag is connected to a um, an authority like tradition that is um, at odds with ultimate authority. A tradition that says this is something and then the word of God says something else. You do have permission to retrain that by going back to the word, mm. feeding on that word until you retrain your conscience to say, don't give me red signals mm, there. That's good. Okay, but you must do it by training and feeding and meditating on the word until that becomes what you, you say. And the same, we saw that with Peter. Peter said, no, I will never eat this. Yeah. And God said, no, you are not to say that anymore. You are to go to this Gentile's house without reservation. Mm. That was telling him, ignore all the red, yeah. but not... but." J- but by retraining it with a new yeah. set of tools. it's not just ignore it, but it's it's also deal with it and yeah. cha- change it. Okay, so that's so number that's that's number so it's how to how we deal with the red flag. Um, number one way is if it's that, then we train it. Mm. All right. Number two, if it if um, if the red flag is um, connected to the word of God, well, just don't do what you're going to do. <laughs> just follow just through. Follow through. All right. So number two is, you know, just obey. You know, obey what your conscience is saying. So, so um, re. Um, I'm going to say reauthorize. Do you know what I mean? Reauthorize mm. rather than ignore or anything like that. Yeah. Reauthorize your conscience. Retrain it. Uh, number two, obey. Um, but what happens if you've already done? 
what you um, shouldn't do. And you've got the conscience now that this won't go away. Um, what do we do there? How do we, how do we deal with that? You know, once, once it's, okay, I can stop doing it. Mm. But then um, sometimes I, my guilt actually traps me into a, a life mm. where I'm now doing it unwillingly or I, it feels unwillingly. Yeah. I don't feel like I've got any power over it sometimes. And Paul said that in the book of Romans chapter 7. In fact, let's, let's look at um, what, what it looks like. And, you know, some people feel this is oh, describing my Christian life. Well, this shouldn't be, but it can. Um, so Romans 7, let's get the right. Um, verse 15, let's just go there. Uh, For I don't understand what I'm doing. I do not do, I do, not do what I want. My green, my green says do this, but I'm not doing it. Mm. Instead, I do what I hate. What, what I hate, it's the red flag. My conscience, beep, 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 mm, beep, and I yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm trapped in it. So there, 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 um, it, it's um, verse 17. But now it's no longer me doing it. It's sin that lives in me. <laughs> so I, I can't even stop. And so my, I'm just getting this constant red flag. Yeah. I'm getting this constant. I'm living constantly in that. And I, I want to obey, but I just don't. And so how do I do that? Um, or I've done that now, and then, then I've done it, mm. um, what do I do? And um, it's, it's this feeling of sadness, feeling of regret, feeling of shame. Mm. Um, and, there's many, and there's Christians that sort of live with that underlying sense of shame for the things that they've done that they, they shouldn't have done. Mm. They've violated their conscience. They don't want to stop their conscience. They, they, they agree with their conscience. So they sort of, yeah, you're right to tell me I'm wrong. Mm. You're right to just constantly give me this awareness I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, so we've got this sort of um, problem now is, that, oh, hey, I shouldn't have an evil conscience, but I've lived an evil life since I've become a Christian. Well, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do I do with that? Um, what, is, what is God's way of dealing with a conscience that has been alerted and, and it's speaking to us and it's telling us we've done the wrong thing? And um, and what do I, how, how do I reset it? Mm. Okay, That's now good. remember, the same way is if it's telling me the wrong thing, the wrong way to reset it is just to ignore it. Mm. All right, the wrong way to ignore something is just to ignore it, because ignoring it just means that I train it not to talk to me. Mm. Yeah, in this area. I, I'm just telling. You, I'm not just saying shut up here. If I do it enough, it says, well, I, I won't bother you with that anymore because obviously you don't want to listen. Mm. So I don't want that. So again, people are just left with this, like this red, and it just sits there. So if there's a way of reconfiguring it with, um, by reauthorizing, is there a way of resetting my conscience, which is the healthy, right way? So let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, all right, so background here is um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians is the second letter from Paul to the Corinthians. Um, pretty obvious. But there's, it's actually the third letter of Paul to the Corinthians, funnily enough. Um, he wrote the first letter, which we know 
First Corinthians. He wrote another letter, which we don't have. Mm. And can I just say, maybe he wrote multiple other letters. If he never mentioned them, we would never know. Mm. So sometimes we say he wrote two letters to the Corinthians. Well, we wrote two letters that we know about or two letters that we have recorded, two letters that became part of the scriptures. Just everything Paul wrote wasn't scripture. Yeah. Everything, every letter he wrote did not become the Bible. Yeah. And so they weren't always kept. They weren't um, recopied and, and passed on. And so, but he actually refers to another letter in verse eight here. It says, even I've made you sad by my letter. All right. So is that, we only know about this other letter because it refers to it, but it's not the first Corinthians letter. It's mm. a, another letter, which mm. we I can only work out a little bit of what he wrote because of what he's saying now. So it's like listening to one half of a conversation about another conversation. Yeah. So it's getting a bit, you know, a bit further away. But what happens is there was a situation happening in the Corinthian church, something that needed to be dealt with, something that was wrong, something that they needed to change and, and show they needed to, to judge and, and um, discipline someone in the church. Mm. Um, but they weren't doing it because you know they, they, they were being negligent. So the issue became not just the, oh, you're, you're doing the wrong thing or right thing. It's the fact that you are not taking authority and mm, disciplining. So you're not dealing with you're it. You're not dealing with it. So Paul's like, Paul's like, you know what? The issue is the issue, but what's a bigger problem to me is my relationship with you. And the fact that... Mm, oh, that's if, good. It, and do you know what? If, if the Corinthian church had said, listen, we're just not... We, we're going we're gonna to tell Paul to go jump. All right, a very real possibility. Mm. Okay, we are. We will. We will do what we're going to do. We will handle this the way we will handle this. Mm. I'm not going to have Paul speaking to us from who knows where. Maybe even in prison. Yeah. Maybe somewhere. Who who knows where Paul that's is? Like an, that's like an authority. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have Paul speaking to us. We're going to cut that off, and we're going to do what we're going to do. Mm. All right. Um. And Paul's like, you know what? If you do that, you're not just cutting me off. You're cutting off where salvation came from. Mm. I know I brought you salvation, and if you cut me off, you're also rejecting the authority of that. So now it's not like, oh, if I reject Paul, I'm rejecting God. But literally, Paul was speaking on behalf of God. Paul mm. was the authority yeah. that God was speaking to them. And if they cut him off, well, where does that go from there? You know, what else? If they just said, we're going to become and. There were groups that, that splintered and became their own group, and they weren't Christians. They weren't what God instructed them. Yeah. Um, um, in, in the book of Revelation, um, uh, um, okay, Revelation 2.15. I might as well show you because we're at Bible school. You know, and we can't... We can Thus, in the same way, there are also some among you who follow the teaching of the Nicolaitans. This was a group that splintered and took a, a, a Nicholas and took his teaching and followed it. Mm. And they, they splintered off. Yeah. And God didn't count them as part of what he's doing. Mm. All right? It says, therefore, you repent. Because you know, he said, you, there are some of you that are taking this sort of teaching. Um, Anyway, so let's go back to 2 Corinthians. So Paul has this concern. Um, um, in fact, we see it in verse... Um, sorry. I ran no, out of we, fingers we, and we, I went and I was in Revelation 
We take the time to find the right one. <laughs> um, verse 12. Let's just have a look at verse 12. We're going sort of working backwards a little bit. So then Paul said, I wrote to you. You know, it, I was the, the primary thing I was wanting to deal with, I, I was not writing on the account of the one who did you wrong or the account of the one who was wrong. In other words, I, my primary reason for writing to you was not so much because of what was happening, but he said, to reveal to you your eagerness on our behalf before God. In other words, I needed to shore up the connection you have to me and therefore to what mm, God is saying. Yeah. I needed, I needed, we needed to strengthen this and get this right. Yeah. If, if you break away and, you know, suddenly become, you know, like you've got, you, you follow the teaching of the Nicolaitans, well, maybe you could have you who follow the teaching of the Corinthian sect. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No, he says, I wanted to, we, we needed to set that up. And he then talks about, he says, uh, he says and I sent, uh, I think it was Titus, um, uh, Titus to go and see them. I'm just trying to see if I can see his name here. Um, I believe it was Titus anyway. He sent him yeah. to go there. Yeah, Titus. Uh, where is that? What verse? Oh, I just saw Titus. Um, that's just 14. Verse 14. But I'm not sure if that's what it's about. It's. Um, yeah, we, it was. So our boasting to Titus about you has proved true as well. Yeah, I, I sent Titus down. I said, they're a great bunch down there. Mm. They're, they're really good. And he said, and he's come back and said, I was well received. I was welcomed. Um, and they, they, they were, Paul, they were, they were on board. They were on board. Yeah. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. That's so good. So what did he do? He had to send them a letter to, to, to bring correction. Now, it was not so much, oh, they needed to discipline the other person. They needed to make a change regarding how they were handling the whole situation. Mm. They needed to change the way they were approaching it. Yeah. They needed to align themselves with the right way that God would have them to live. Ch change the way that they were like responding to it. Yeah. They were, they, you know, you can't just sort of turn a blind eye to it. You can't just let it happen. Mm. You know, there's you know, things like le a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Hey, if you just guys just leave it, it'll fester. It'll it'll spread amongst everybody. Mm. You cannot. You've got to deal with it. It's unpleasant, but you've got to do it. Yeah. And you've got to change your attitude towards it. You've got to turn away and say, no, we're going to do what God says. We're not just going to try and keep everyone happy. Um, so you've got to read between the lines a little bit because you're not sure exactly what's mm. happening, but you just sort of, Paul was like, <sighs> just genuinely relieved that they had received his letter well. Mm. But let's just go back to um, verse 9. Okay, verse 8. For even if I made you sad by my letter, um, yep, I just want to make sure I've gone back far enough. Um, even though I did regret it, for I see that my letter made you sad, though only for a short time. I'm like, oh, I don't want to make you sad, but I was happy for the result. I rejoiced not because you were made sad. Ah, oh, I love you being made sad. It's important. I don't love the fact that you're made sad, but because you were made sad to the point of repentance. Mm. Your sadness led you to do something. Yeah. And that's what I was happy about. Um, so let's just say um, this feeling is that internal sadness that I'm doing the wrong thing or I've done the wrong thing. And some say that's good for you to feel like that because that'll keep you sensitive before God. That'll keep you humble. Mm. Also, I don't want you to be sad. That's not the aim. The aim is not sad. Yeah. But the sadness, this, and this is what, why does your conscience make you sad? All right. First one is to stop you. 
Mm. But if it can't stop you, why does it keep making you sad? If the aim is to make you sad, uh, sorry, to stop you, yeah. once you've done it, oh, well, it is what it is. Um, you just keep grieving it. Yeah, is it, is it make you sad so you won't do it again, possibly? You know, like, so, like I'll, I'll make you sad ahead for the next time, but I'm not even thinking of doing it the next mm. time. Uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not even planning to do it again, but I'm still feeling sad. So why does your con? Is it just a, a leftover? Yeah, what what is this sad? What should it, what? It, and sadness it says, I need you to deal with this. Yeah, I need us to process this and work through it. Now, sometimes people people try and process this. Okay, so well, we, we recognize there that Paul says that the correct way to do it. So number three, you can follow my notes somewhere here. One is to to retrain your authority, you know, but retrain your conscience through your uh, ultimate authority. Second one is just to obey it so that it, it, it says, you know, that's all right. And the third one is to repent. It, 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 it's, to, it's designed mm. to lead us to the place of repentance. Yeah. And then repentance will deal with it. And if done right, if we do repentance right, it will cleanse that and, re, and, and remove the, mm. the sadness. Not, not, but won't, we won't let it fester. And, no. if, and if you deal with it right, it's like when God says, and I will remember their sins no more. Yeah. And it's like, same for you. <laughs> now, some other ways to try and deal with the sadness is to reason it away. Mm, no one's ever done that. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, um, um, and I've heard this a lot. Uh, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Mm. We all, we're all sinners in one level or another. So, let, you know, let's not, um, there's no, there's, now, no condemnation. Oh, hang on. That sounds like a... Um, that's just what we do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that, sound, that sounds like a, a scriptural. Is that an ultimate authority? Of, but if I, if I jump to it, if I, if I jump, there's no condemnation. Okay. Does it say there's now no condemnation on humans? It says there is now no non-condemnation on those who mm. are in... Christ mm. Jesus, yeah. the con the the condemn the no condemnation is a result of being in a particular place, mm. right? That's and if good. we move outside of that place, we don't have the freedom of the no condemnation. But people say there's no condemnation, no condemnation, any condemnation. If you feel condemnation, you are wrong. If you feel there's no guilt, see that's what that's what it's what Academy's been talking about. We should live guilt-free lives. Oh, I've never said that. I'm just saying. Living in a state of guilt through our conscience being alerted to legalism and tradition, mm. that's not healthy. Yeah. But I've never said guilt is wrong. I've said where the guilt is coming from is wrong. Yeah. I'm saying that's, that's, not, a, that's not a mark of a healthy Christian life. All right? So, you know, we can reason away. We can get no guilt away. We can just um, blast it away. There, there, there can be sorrow, but that would lead you to a place of repentance. Yeah. And if it's just if it's not leading you to there like a guilt or just an unearthly sorrow then it's different. Yeah. So, now we we are, we are, we are we are presuming in this one that this sadness has come from a proper authority mm. which is of grace, not legalism. So we are doing something that is actually against the walk of grace that should be happening in our lives. The, the, the freedoms that we should enjoy, 
the life. So what Paul was talking to them about, it was a sinful thing. See, people sometimes say there's no judgment. There's, you know, in the new covenant, there's no rules. I was like, where do they get this from? You know what I mean? Um, and all these things that aren't in the Bible. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus was accepting. You know, we, we should, we should, you should never judge. You know, so no, no condemnation, no guilty, no judging. Um, so don't judge yourselves. They all sound really good. Mm. You know, accept yourselves for who you are. It's just, it's, you're just you. Just you. So how, how could you be, how could you be sad for um, being you? It's just who you are. Um, I, I've, um, Josh. That's <laughs> how you, I'm wired. What color eyes do you have, Josh? I can't Hazel. Hazel. All right. Josh, should you feel guilty for having hazel eyes? No. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not being as ridiculous because that's been used as a, a reason. If you shouldn't be guilty for having hazel eyes, you shouldn't be guilty also for X, Y, Z. This is just who you are. Wow. <laughs> it's just who you are. All right? And it's just part of who you mm. are. And so if, that, if that's what you feel, if that's what you desire, that's what you want to live for, if that's how you want to be, it's just who you are. And you should not feel guilty. And they're saying, ah, oh, therefore any guilt you're feeling is just a tradition of some sort of nonsense and you've got to retrain that. So mm, ignore it. Yeah. So they're using their own method of retraining their tradition. But what are they retraining it with? They're retraining it not with the word of God. They're trying to retrain it with um, man's mm. logic. Mm. Or man's ways, to man's mate, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's train at that. And so, but all aimed, and I've heard of, or, or these, these are not just like I'm just pulling up this. I've heard each of these as given as answers to people. Like, you know, someone who, who was bound by guilt and condemnation and went to a psychologist and um, they said, you know what you got to do? Just don't, this is just you. This is your um, early Christian upbringing is this causing you feel guilt you know um, what, what you want to do is just you're early and um, so what you should do is just give into it a hundred percent and just run with it mm. just blast it away just go for it harder don't you know treat it like a bit of a barrier to break through all you're feeling is guilt from an earlier part of your upbringing mm. blast it out with excessive lifestyle all right so um, so th these are all wrong ways. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't picked that up, um, um, I'm just, sorry, just trying to catch up with some of the um, a few people here who are watching and listening. So, Mark, so it's amazing how one word from someone said in love can change the way you do things because what you were doing was wrong because you were ignorant in that area. Like Saul persecuting Christians. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. One God speaking one word in love. Yeah, can undo all the, the reasons so and the motivations. So we need to make sure this is this is what we're living for. All right, these are all wrong. The answer given to us is this word repentance. Mm. Okay, so we are to repent. Now the problem is, by telling people the answer is repent, people don't know what repent is. All right, I'm, I'm telling you to do something. That's great. What is it? Mm. And even when we, um, so we say, okay, we're going to, let's just go here. Oh, oh, did I add another? 
we're we're gonna have to have a um an, an academy where we we go back through all of our diagrams and now let's let's see, see what we think we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually wiped a few of them too. So um, okay, repent. Now the problem being repent. Um, if I tell you, oh, the answer is that is repent. People don't have a really good understanding mm. of repent. All right. Yeah. Um, now, um, but it's it's a Bible word, is it not? Do you know what I mean? Second <laughs> Corinthians um, six. Uh, what was the verse? I mean, uh, seven. That's probably why I couldn't find it. Um, verse nine, you were made sad to the point of repentance. Okay. Now, here, here's where I'm going to get, we've been messed up a little bit. And I'm going to explain why we've been messed up. Is because we don't, a lot, oftentimes, we don't actually understand what repentance is. Okay, I've taught it in our church and things like mm. that. So some of you watching this will be, hopefully, familiar with you. But we'll try and go a little bit deeper so you can get a little bit better. I, I like. I have an idea what you're going to say, and I'm like, this is worth hearing again. Yes. This, this is good. Yeah, we need. Now, let me explain something to you why this is important. Um, the word repent, the English word, when we use the word repent. It does conjure up um, a concept. Um, let me just uh, excuse me why I just unlocked my laptop here. I just want to get the English definition. Um, yeah, but well, it's quite interesting that like something oh. that's why you're doing that something that is so like crucial, <laughs> people can be getting the wrong idea about it. So this is um, like what what you're about to explain. Um, which I'm not going to say anything about it because you'll do a much better job. Um, it's it's really good. So listen in, everyone. Okay, let's see. Um, try. Oop, we've gone dark. Okay, so what I've done, gone. I've just gone to an English dictionary, Oxford Language Dictionary, um, for repent. A bit dangerous. Just Google, see what we get. All right, but it, it hopefully it will match what I was thinking of saying, which it does. Okay. The word repent, feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. To repent is to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. I don't Try and zoom that in as much as I can. That, the danger is, I'm saying repent. This is the definition of the word repent. When I use the word repent, that's not what I'm meaning. That's the problem. There's a problem here. That's not what I am talking about when I say repent. Mm, there's like, there's no, I'm seeing there's like a feeling or something that you express, but there's not like a dealing with it, you know, almost. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, can I, let me explain where this has come from, why this has happened. Is the word repent got the wrong definition? No, it hasn't. This is the correct an appropriate definition of the word repent. The problem is that's when we use it to express the Greek word, that's not what the Greek word is intending. Mm. What happened is, um, and let me just, oh, I might be able to actually bring this up. Let me see if I can bring it up on the screen. I want, I, let's take some time here. Mm. So I want you to unpack no, why, this why this has happened. So let's go to the word repentance. Um, 
repentance. All right, so first of all, let's just take a moment. The Greek word that I've just gone to is number 3341, uh, metanoia. Metanoia. I'm going to write that in. So let's do the Greek. Meta. Uh, no. I don't know whether I've got the right spelling. Noeo. All right, meta noeo. Okay, yeah, or meta. Oh, I was right the first time. The Greek word is meta noei. Okay, um, I'm going to go to a um, a reference. which I don't have here. Um, Robertson's Word Dictionary. I was hoping I had it on my... Um, no, so I'm just going to read it out from here. Robertson's Word Dictionary says this. Um, based, and he, he actually... He was referring to someone else, another expert on uh, Greek languages and things like that. They used to say that this is the worst translation in the New Testament. All right, that's a pretty big call. This is the worst translation in the New Testament. What? Okay, what he's saying is to say that metanoia equals repent or repentance is the worst translation in the New Testament. Why can we? Why would he say? It? Are we saying we shouldn't repent? You know, is this is a we turning some liberal church. It's just, we don't need to repent. No, no, I'm saying we need to repent, but I'm telling the repentance we need to do is this one here, all right? The English, the English word means to, you know, to, to regret at its core, um, to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing. Mm. That's the core of of the English word is to regret something. I mm. really, I feel terrible about yeah. it. I feel so bad about it. Um, and and it's, I think it comes from the repent, re, is the word penance. Mm. To do, if you're not sure what penance means, it, it uh, sort of a, come from the medieval church, particularly Middle Ages church, where it was like to do things to show your sorrow. Yeah. So you would do penance. So you would say so many um, of these phrases or you would, give so much money to the church or you would go and show your sorrow. One of the things was, you know, you'd, cl you'd crawl up stones to, the, um, to a, a cathedral that have broken glass and, and on it. So you'd broke and you'd cry. Mm. Or you'd wear... A, gar a garment or something. Yeah, you wear, you wear a, a, a garment, um, a hair shirt, which was like a shirt that would be infested with mites and fleas and things like that. So you'd be itchy and or you'd wear a, a, a thing around your... Um, Oh, your 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 leg, which is like I don't know whether um, if I could spell it, I'd, I'd do a search for it on the internet. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it, um, but it, it's it's actually like a, a, um, a like a barbed wire mm. chain that you wrap around your leg yeah. to make you feel, every time you moved, you'd feel it cutting into your skin and feeling pain, 
And that would be a way of reminding you mm. of your sinfulness, a reminder of how bad you are. And you would, um, I actually, um, some people think, oh, you know, you, you're making this stuff up. But no, they, they would, the, the medieval church would have these things that like, a, imagine five or six strands of wire mm. and you'd wrap it around your leg or something like that, around your thigh. And it'd have little bits of metal mm. jagged so it would dig into your yeah. leg and it would be painful. I looked to get some research on this um, and um, I actually found a store selling them today. They're not just old. <laughs> there are, they, you can get them today. There's some of them are not well. quite as, um, as dangerous and jagged. They're just more uncomfortable. Mm. But you can still buy them today and they are designed to keep you humble and sensitive and aware of God and your need for God. Mm. You can buy them in stores today. And um, so penance is this process of doing something to express your sorrow. So repentance, repentance repent, is to go again and show God just how sorry you are, mm. to demonstrate your sorrow, to show that you're um, so regretting what you've done, you're remorseful for your behavior. And so that's the English word repentance. So what happened is, um, um, the, the, for many, many years, we'll go back to Bible translation for a little while, the main translation after about the second or third century was they, they translated the Bible from Greek into Latin because Latin was the language and mm. became the Latin, the language of the church. Mm. And they translated the word metanoia, this one, into a Latin word which literally meant to show sorrow, to be remorseful. So the, the, the Latin translation took on this regret, remorse concept. Mm. And then for a century, that's what the church read. Every time it referred to repentance, it referred to penance to doing sorry. Mm. So that's why they built their church lifestyle around that because that's what it was saying to do mm. based on the Latin word. And then when the English translators came to put the words into English, they had been influenced by the Latin concept. So even though the Greek was a different word, they used an English word which matched their Latin thinking, mm. not the English and uh, not the Greek thinking. And they reused the word repent, mm. which sort of just followed on. Um, so um, I wish I could call this up here. But Robertson's word picture says, the trouble is that the English word repent means, the English word repent means to be sorry again. Repentance. Sorry again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, from the Latin. Uh, sounds, okay. Sounds like re recycling your, your sorrow. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to write this up because I want you to see it. This is the Latin. Okay, can you see the word repentance built into the Latin? Repo in it. Mm. It, had, it had its roots in this. So that's why we use the English word. The Greek word is not referring to are redoing that. Because um, one of the amazing things is there was a Greek word that actually was <laughs> to do with that. Um, that has a Greek word, which means to regret. 
All right, there is, there is a Greek word. The Greek word for that, um, meta, let me just get the spelling right, melomai. All right, there is a Greek word that means to regret. That is purpose, perfectly good to translate whenever mm. metamelomai, whenever you see metamelomai, translate that as repent. It means to have, but you know what they normally translate it is remorse or regret mm. to try and differentiate it from yeah. this word. All right. So um, let me show you that in the Bible, hopefully. Um, Okay, for sadness as intended by God produces a repentance. Again, it's for the English, all the English translations generally have just kept this mm. pattern going yep. and used the word repentance, even though the word repentance isn't correct. But normally we get away with it because we don't really know what repentance is. So we're sort of just left with this little bit of mess. We'll come back to what repentance is. That leads to salvation, leaving no regret. No regrets, it's no important. remorse, no need for sorrow. And what is that word, may you ask? Well, produces, that leads us out, leaving no regret. It's actually one Greek word. Um, a, which means no. It's the, you know, like, it's, you know, um, if you put a word like um, un in front of something, unlikely, mm. means it's not yeah. likely. Mm. All right? Or put non in front of something. You know, say put the Greek word letter A in front of something. It just means the opposite. So that that's where you get the no. So you ignore the no, um, and then you can. It's A and this one metamelomai. Oh, hang on a second. Do you recognise that? No regrets. There's the word. That's actually no repentance. There's no, I, I don't need to be sorry again. I don't need to worry again. I don't need to be remorseful again. There is a Greek word for it. Mm. There is a Greek word which means to repent, and it means. It's what Judas did when he was remorseful. He was sorry for what had come out of yeah. his behavior. It, it's metamelomai. It's, it's the... Um, um, let's see if we can find... Um, oh. I'm getting... Trying to go too many, too many branches. Let's just go back to repent. All right. So for anyone who's been able to follow that, that's why we use the word repent. It has just come through the Latin, which worked its way into all the English translations, which has come to us. Mm. But if it does not mean repent, what does it mean? And whenever we see the word, what is God talking about and what do we need to do? First of all, so let, let's get a translation of what... It actually means. Um, let's go back. Um, repentance. So we're just bringing ourselves back to the. So here it is. Metanoia. So what does it mean? If it doesn't mean to show sorrow again, to show remorse, mm. to do penance, what does it mean? It means from. Uh, let's go to the. Metanoio, which is the root word. So we'll just go there. It'll we'll make it a bit easier to follow. 
comes from two parts. Meta, which means to change. A change of place, a change of condition. So let's just write that in. So the first part means to change. And the second part for noeo. Um, Josh, can you think of any English word that sounds a bit like noeo? Anyone? It's escaping me. Well, just think, just no. Oh, just no. I was thinking no, but I'm like, sure. But not, but not N-O. Oh, K-N-O. K-N-O. Ah, a little sneaky K. All right. Noeo, which is to, to know something. Mm. And um, let, let me just prove that that, how clever I am. Um, it says, Noeo, to exercise the mind, to think, to comprehend, mm. to know something. That's why I said no, because it's a little bit easy. You can see noeo is where we get the English word mm. know from. Yeah. I can exercise the mind to think, to comprehend. So literally, to repent, to see, and they've put repent in here, mm. but actually forget repent, to metanoeo is to change the mind to relent, to change the way you, you approach something, to change the whole way you think about something, to change the way you view something. Mm. All right? To repent, so let's let's get rid of um, repent. But what it does equal is to change. I'm going to say change your view, because we sometimes know can be information, but this is not just it, it's to change your whole way of viewing something, thinking the way you think about it, the way you look at it. Mm. You just change the way you deal with it. Mm. Now, if we go back to here to feel or ex express sincere regret. This is about what I'm feeling. Yeah. This is, and to show, oh, I'm feeling so bad, and so I do something. Uh, so I express some sort of expression of, oh, I'm just a jerk. I, I just did the wrong thing. Mm. I'm so terrible. I'm just such a lousy sinner. I've got, I've hurt you so much. I've ruined it. And my family now think I'm a jerk and my church won't let me serve on the worship team. And I've just become a, oh, this has been terrible. What am I showing? Well, I am very sad. Mm. Very sad. Yeah. Let's go back to remorseful. Second Corinthians 7.10. Um. I rejoice not because you're made sad. <laughs> Sadness isn't one of my. Oh, but shouldn't you rejoice because the sad? If there is sad, they're repenting. Shouldn't sadness be re, re, be? If repentance is sadness, see. Um, if you go to our diagram. Um, this would. I've got lost my. Um, here it is. There it the is. Bible up on my. Um. This is seen, this part here, this sadness is seen to be the repentance. That's mm. not repentance. This feeling, this remorse, this sorrow, that's oh, how terrible I am. That's, 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 that's giving expression to how remorseful I am. Um, it says the sadness produces a repentance. It leads to it. It goes and moves to it. If you are sad, you haven't yet even begun to repent. This is where most people are like, what? Sadness is the core ingredient yeah. of repentance. It's penance. 
It's remorse. It's regret. It's the feeling of sadness. It's how terrible. And it's telling God how sad I am. It, it, it's showing him how sad I am. It hasn't had like sort of an action response to it yet in a way. No. So, what is repentance? It's to change view. In a big picture, change view. But let's now break it down into how it actually works. There is a sadness which leads to the process of repentance. Is the sad wrong? Paul says, I, I wish I didn't have to make you sad, but I'm grateful for what it produced. Mm. I don't like you being sad. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to write letters that make you sad. But the sadness was necessary in this case to make you repent. And the key part of repenting is to change your view. Now, that's the, the. But what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to show how there's like a three step process to get the full picture of what repentance is. And I'll, we'll get the scriptures. I'm just. Um, just trying to work out how we, how, how we do this. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 2 and I'll show you something else that can lead to this process. When you're, when you're going to change the way that someone thinks about a word that they've seen all the time in the Bible, you're going to, we've got to do this the right way now. Yeah. Take right. the time. Take the time. Romans 2 for you. It, it's, okay, let, let's unpack a few things. Please don't leave now. Romans 2 4. Do you have contempt for the wealth of his kindness, his forbearance, and his patience, and yet do you not know that God's kindness leads you to repentance? God's kindness, mm. his grace, his goodness leads you to repentance. So sadness leads you to repentance and God's kindness leads you to his repentance. Okay, I'll give you another one. Um, not this one. This one's not said as clearly as, you know, sadness produces repentance. God's kindness leads you to repentance. Um, but if you go to the book of Acts, chapter 17, Acts 17, verse 30. And we'll start. God, Paul's talking to a Gentile crowd. He's on, um, this is the, um, I think it's called the Mars Hill Address. Um, and um, he's in Athens, comes to speak to them. They used to like to sit, get up there and, and listen to new things. And so he says, I want to talk to you about this. So he's trying to, he's trying to deal with them from a, 
they're a Gentile thing. They're, they've got no mm. Jewish sort of background. Yeah. So he's doing it from a Gentile perspective. This was a culture with like many. Yeah. Um, many, it, you know, many you, gods. you go back verse 23, he says, listen, I went around and observed closely your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship without knowing, it is this I proclaim to you. In other words, he's not going to use something that you've got there and say, you know, you, 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 you know there's a God that you don't know about. Well, I want to tell you about the God you don't know about. So he just uses that as his sedge way mm. into sharing with them. And he says, I want to tell you about the God, um, you know, this God, verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it. I want to tell you about the God who's your creator. I want to tell you God who's the big God. And then eventually he says, I'm, I'm revealing him too. And he says, um, and you shouldn't, think, you shouldn't think of him like an idol. The worst thing you do is think that God who made the heavens and the earth is an idol. That's the dumbest thing ever. Just confined to a statue here or whatever. Therefore, therefore, you know, God's, he's let that all slide. But now, now, he's overlooked such times of ignorance. He now commands all people everywhere to repent. He said, no, no, enough of that. He wants you now to repent. What brought them to a place of repentance was a revelation. When they see who God really is, mm, when they understand he's the creator, he's not no idol, he's not no little God, he is the God, and he's like, wow, I, I can't, I can't, I can no longer live with this revelation without a response. And the response is repentance. He expects you, once you get that revelation, it's the time, once you, you know I'm the God, this is who I am, mm. I expect you to repent. So sadness leads to repentance. God's a revelation of his kindness leads to repentance. A revelation of his big plan, you know, mm. his who he is, yeah. what he what is who he is. So it's some sort of revelation leads you into repentance. So I'm going to put here, I think this whole step is actually just some form of revelation. Something where God opens our eyes, gives us an understanding to the situation. That's the first step into seeing this, but it's a seeing things through God's eyes. Mm. We've got to look at things yeah. through God's eyes. Um, in order to help that's, people... That, that's the, the change of view. <laughs> well, the change of view happens, but it starts with a revelation. Yeah. Because it, it's got to be a revelation. Because mm. how can you change the way you think if there's no revelation mm. to that new way of thinking? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. This is the starting point. This is... This is the link. Um, I, in order to help people with these, I, I, I use these three phrases, lights, camera, and then action. Because that's sort of an easy, lights, camera, action. Something you can remember. Something you can remember. So that is, to help you remember, lights. The lights turned on. I see. Your conscience turns the light on. Mm. You're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. You've done the wrong thing. You've done the wrong thing. You've done the wrong. That's like a light. It's a revelation. It, oh, I'm so sad. Oh. But you've got to work past what that sadness is mm. and get the revelation and the understanding of what God sees. Now, remember when Paul said, listen, this is all about my connection with you, my relationship with you. It's not hey, we've got to deal with this situation. Someone has done wrong. Someone needs to be disciplined. But he said, it's a bigger issue about my relationship and yeah. what I'm doing with you. This is, he said, that's what, really why I'm writing mm. to you. Um, I want you to take that same approach here. Um, it's about 
your relationship with God. This is ultimately... Um, well, let me just show you an example of non-repentance. And sometimes when I do this, people are like, that's definitely repentance. Um, that's definitely that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. I am, I am such an idiot. What have I done? Uh, that was, I won't name the sin because you can just put your own one in. Uh, uh, what, uh, 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 look what's happened. And now, now the boss has found out. And uh, what was I thinking? I was an idiot. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. God, I am sorry. And I begin to cry. I am so sorry. I am wrecked with sorrow. Oh, God, I, I promise I will never do this again. Oh, Lord, that is the worst thing ever. It's terrible. It was wrong, terribly wrong of me. I shouldn't have done it. And, oh, now it's impacted and now it's cost me this. And now oh, it's going to impact that. I am so sorry. God, can you just forgive me? Can you please forgive me? Please forgive me. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I will not do it again. I promise. I declare. And Lord, I, you know what? I'm, I am going to be at church on Sunday. I'll do better. I'll be on the front row. I will be praising God. I will lift my hands and I will give you praise. Lord, I thank you. If you just give me another opportunity, I'll go to, if, if they'll let me back at work, Lord, um, I'll witness to all my employees. I, I will be bold and I will share your goodness. I will share your salvation message to them. I am so sorry, God. I am so sorry. I was such an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. Thank you. Please forgive me. Amen. Mm, sounds like it's a good one, doesn't it? All right. Sounds like an amazing prayer of repentance. All right. Trouble is, it's not metanoia at all. Mm. It's, it's the remorse one. Yeah, you, you started by sort of bagging yourself out, putting yourself down, then you were sorry, and then I'll do better. Yeah. And <laughs> there was, like, there's no grace there. Yeah, it's like, some people are like, yeah, conscience should be sort of happy with that. I sounds think. like a really sounds pretty good, good prayer. Sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, it, it ticks, you know, lots, lots, lots of sorrow, genuine repentance. Mm. Not, not, this, not this, oh, God, if I've done something wrong, <laughs> we know that's not repentance. This is someone who is genuinely sorry. And they've, they've really, they, they've changed. They've, mm. they've, they've, they're going to witness. They're going to be at church. How can that be wrong? How can that be wrong? Now, it says sorrow that leads to repentance. Now, if, if someone did that and I heard them, I'd say, wow, you're ready to repent. What do you mean I'm ready to repent? I just did repent. No, 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 you, you just, oh, man, your sorrows are... It just brought you, you to the place. Brought you to the place. You're ready to repent now. I don't get that. I am repented. I have repented. I've, you know, people are just so confused at mm. that point. If I tell them, oh, you're ready to repent. And the other one is someone who um, doesn't have any sorrow. Um, you come to me and you say, oh, pastor, I've just been reading about God and his plan for me, and he said, I've been reading Ephesians 1, and I've been meditating on, it is so big, I suddenly see, I see, I see what God wants to do in me, I see how he wants to use me, I see how, I say, well, Josh, you need to repent. Whoa, 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 ease up, pastor. 
I haven't done. There's no sin, no hidden sin in my life. Um, That's not what I was getting at. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about. Yeah, I, I don't think I needed to repent. Did you, were you not listening to what I was saying? And I say, oh no, no, it, it, this also causes a need. Uh, you say, well, how could that need repentance? So it, it's not in the same sort of levels as that, but it, it's a form of repentance. Mm. You need to take that revelation, that because it's a, oh, in part of that you'll say, oh, I have not been living to what God wants me to live. Mm. It says, it, do you see? It says, it says I, every blessing in heavenly places has been mine. Mm. Well, you need to repent that you haven't been living in that. Mm. What do you mean? Repent. I don't, I'm sorry. You want me to be sorry? No, 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 no. I'm talking about you need to have a, a change in your viewpoint. You need to re redo the way you look at yourself and God and, and, and your life in light of what the revelation is that you've just got and see that. So in this revelation here cannot just be how bad I've done, how I've messed up, the results of that, because that's remorse. That's regret. That's like I've done the wrong thing and it's come back to bite me. Mm. Yeah, that's what sin does. Yeah. Know, sin will get you in the end. And you say, what an idiot I am. How many have ever sinned? And then after you say, what was I thinking? You know, at the time, it, I just shut everything down, just do it. And then afterwards, like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. And then, but the trouble is you can be trapped in that and you think you repent and you're straight back to it. Mm. And that sorrow just, just makes you do it again. You yeah. just got no strength. It doesn't yeah. provide any power. The joy of the Lord is our strength, not the sorrow. Mm. We do not get strength out of sorrow. We get strength out of joy. Joy is on this side, all right? And if we don't get to that side, we don't get the strength we need to stop this cycle. Mm. But if we're just That's living good. in the, the, oh, the sorrow of, oh, what have we done? What have we done? What have we done? Um, you know, that, that strength, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, let's just pull that scripture up. Um, because it comes from Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10. Jumping ahead a little bit, but just... Nehemiah 8.10. He said to them, go... Um, uh, let's go back to 9. Nehemiah is addressing the people. They've rebuilding, rebuilt the wall. They're reestablishing Jerusalem. They are resetting up the, the, um, the temple and the worship processes and the sacrifices. And he reads them at the law. They haven't been following the law. They haven't been obeying the law because they didn't have it. They haven't been taught it. They haven't been doing. They haven't been following the feast days. They mm. haven't been doing. So Nehemiah and, and Ezra, the scribe, and the Levites began to share with them and tell them, um, all, all of them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. And then it's because he said, don't mourn or weep. And otherwise they're, they're crying. They're hearing, they're hearing what um, the people were reading and telling them, and they're crying. They're so sorry. And he says, stop crying. Um, he said, go and eat delicacies and drink sweet drinks and send portions to those who have nothing, whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm, that's good. If you just sorry, it's not going to help you. Mm. You got to get your the joy. The joy is is this, and the joy is 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 on this side. Um, and 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 part of that is joy and praise, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, so we've got to see what we've done, 
in light of what God sees us and why and how. Not just a remorse, not just a sadness of an idiot. Where in the revelation and where my sadness needs to come in is, oh God, I have, I resisted, I resisted the path you had for me. Let's go back to, oh. All right. Uh, let's start again. Is Josh gingerbread man? Wow, what a what a, you've, what a left you, leg. You've always drawn yeah, one that, leg bigger. Yeah. All right. Is there, is there something about me that I'm not aware of? Okay. Your conscience is part of your spirit, which has the Holy Spirit helping it. It's training. The Holy Spirit's part of this whole process. Mm. He wants to get you through. Mm. He's got the Word of God as your authority. He's trying. His main job is to get you to live out the life of grace, to express that, do that. Instead, Josh ignores the conscience and does something that is wrong. All in short of, of like God's standard. Okay. <laughs> Chosen the... Exactly. And rebelled. You've rebelled. That has consequences. Doing the wrong thing has consequences. It's damaged things. It's put you in a bad spot. It's removed your fellowship with God. All, all sorts of things. Consequences. Ah, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm an idiot. I, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I not why did I not block that and do the right ah? Okay. What I want you to do though is if you just focus on this part the sadness you feel, the consequences, that you can fall into the repentance mm. side. What I want you to do is get a revelation of this is how God looks at it. Okay? So let's. God looks at it, the whole thing here. God says, Josh, I have made a path for you where you did not have to do this. Mm. I have enabled you and empowered you through the covenant. I have put my Holy Spirit inside you. I have cleansed your conscience. I have given you the word, which is training and equipping you. And there is a path for you. If you had lent into this process, mm. if you lent into this process, you would have been able to resist. Yeah. You would have been able to do this differently. You would have been able to, to change it. Mm. All right. Let's stop focusing on what I've just done and say, ah, oh, you know what I really did? I did not lean into this. And sometimes I'll even say, God, can you show me? And I'll be like, yeah. Do you remember the time when your conscience said here? And it might have been two days before, a week before, a minute before, whatever. My conscience was giving me already. And I was oh, not talking about the sin. It was even like, hey, guys, let's spend some time with God. Let's spend some time with God. And that, you know, that positive nudge? Yeah. And I was, I just got myself too busy. Mm. And I just shoved that down and I'll be right. 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 And then when this came up, it's like, uh, you ought not be with those group of people. Oh, I'm witnessing to them. I'm being a, you know, I'm being a, I'm being a um, light to them. I'm, oh, you ought not do this at this time. You're not sure. You know, do you really need your phone now? Do you really need to go and do that? Um, you, you shouldn't be reading this. You shouldn't be meditating. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, um, you know, like, um, uh, I diddled. I, I stole some money from work. 
I, it goes right back to the moment you were reading those newspaper articles about how bad the economy is and fear, fear took hold. Mm. I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to have enough. And that right then you could say, oh, God was like, hey, 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 turn to me. Trust me. S speak to that article. Say, that doesn't apply to me in mm. Jesus' name. Speak to it. Yeah, that's good. Find it in Jesus' name. Ah, now we get to this point where you just got some petty cash and it's like, mm, I can do this. The, the economy is bad. I need money. I, I need, need yeah. to get more. I, and you're under fear and under pressure. And you just uh, and you say, ah, oh, what an idiot. And they found out when they checked the books and I uh, and they didn't realize there was a camera. And, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I lost my job and I can't do it. Okay, yeah. But if you pray, it's, it's the hard attitude and it's all this behind. Because otherwise you're just repenting of the consequences mm. and sorry for what's resulted. What you need to do is have a change of how you view the whole thing. Sorry that it was like found out. or Yeah, otherwise it can just be, I'm sorry I was found out as opposed to sorry what I've done. Um, but also you need to, to pull in repentance is bringing you back to change the way you see yourself, but you've got to see yourself as to what Jesus has done for you through the lens of what he has planned for you, what he did, and I didn't lean into that, and I didn't take hold of his strength. It was there. You were there. You're always there. You know, the, the scriptures where it says, he, you, you're never overtaken by a temptation that he's not able to mm. help you. And some people thought, wow, man, you didn't see, you know, I'm trapped in this. No, no, there's a path through. There is a path through. It might seem a bit distant to it because you just, you're just you so far down the track, but you need to now change the way you think about it and what you do is you just begin to meditate and renew the way you think based on this. So you get a revelation. What I've done is, is a jerk, but it's more than what I've done. It's I, God, I, re, I did not lay hold of that which you have for me. You've got a plan for me. You want me to live in the blessing. You want me to live in the fullness all those things, and I'm just now receiving that. And I declare, I, I renew and shape the way I look at myself and what I've done. Now, mm. one of the key things here is you, and part of this is we can pull on the grace of God and we can ask for forgiveness. And our forgiveness is not based on anything we do, but it's based on, and I pull into the fact of all the stuff we've been talking about in the New Covenant, we go back to what's in our, um, mm, our supply chain, the, yeah, the legizomai. I pull on all that. And I we think, know oh, what's been done. Uh, you forgive me. You've put me. On, you, you've hung on the cross for me. This is not based on me. It's based. Uh, this is an exchange. So I do an exchange here. An exchange of my sinfulness for His righteousness. And when I do that exchange, what do I also get? is I get a cleansing from my evil conscience. At that moment, at that moment as part of what happens, my conscience is given a, mm. you're fine. Yeah. Okay. You do, it's, been, it's been sorted. Mm. Not because you didn't want, but because we've gone back and we've got this and we've processed and we've changed. Now, there is something that needs to happen out of this process, which is, more the, the um, what happens from this moment is now my conscience wants to start feeding good stuff into me. I've got to take this process and begin to feed it back into walking it out, living mm, it out. Yeah, Part of what that good. Lord, you know, and we're not going to talk about it now because I'm just going to wind up now. But you, you can go back to like Luke 15 where um, the prodigal son comes back. The prodigal son wanted to come back and do re 
repentance. Mm. Okay? Maybe this is a way you can change Just, just the be word. A, a hired worker. Yeah, you say, you know, whenever you see the word repentance and you say, I'm not going to do repentance, I'm going to do a, a, new, a renewed mind. Mm. All right? Just change the way. That's so good. whenever you see, when, whenever you see, you know, Paul saying in, um, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, 7, uh, let me just call it up. So, so when, it, when it, we see that, and um, um, uh, verse nine, seven, nine. So uh, you were made sorrowful, but that not you were made sorrowful to the point of renewing your mind. Renewing, um, it, it's more than just renewing your mind. You get that it's a whole new view, change, re, re change. But you were not sorrowful to the point. Um, you know, so you're saying, oh, I, I'm not just re, I'm not just re doing penance again. I'm changing who I am and renewing it. And then so he, but the but the um, the prodigal son came back and said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll do. I've been terrible. I'm so sorry. It's you know the consequences have been harsh. And I realized I've got a good dad at home who's got plenty of. Food. And he said the servants at home are doing better. I could come back and be one of these servants because I don't certainly don't deserve to be a son. I certainly don't, can't come back in it mm. as a son, but maybe I could come back and just as one of the servants. Yeah. And then I could have at least food on the table and, and I could do the right thing. So he said, Dad, Dad, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm so sorry, and just make me a servant. And what did the dad say? We're not going to do, we're not doing penance. I'm going to show you what the, I'm, I'm going to show you what repentance looks like. I'm going to change yeah, how this good. is. He said, I'm going to bring you back. And he said, the first thing I'm going to do, get off those old clothes, put on, put on the coat of the of the house, mm. put on the ring of authority mm. and put on shoes on the feet because servants wouldn't have shoes. You are a son in the house. You're going to wear these shoes. And then we are going to come in. We're going to have a party. We're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to tell everyone to come in and we're going to celebrate. Well, you can't do that under repentance. Repentance doesn't want any of that. Mm. Repentance just wants, just make me a servant. Yeah. Just make me a yeah. servant. But repentance means change. I look at myself now in light of all this. I go back and think about all that Jesus has done for me and what he's done on the cross. And I come into this. And so the, the last part is... Oops. So it's not just like as well as change of mind, but it's like a, a new point of view. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I think one time I did a Bible um, school and we, we sort of bounced around, come up with another word. And, um, and, and, and you, know, you can maybe make that your challenge. A higher viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 um, we, we said... Um, a, a change, you know, you know, talking about this a whole change of attitude and like a whole new point of view. Uh, whole, you know, um, uh, the word we came up in that particular Bible school was a change of allegiance, a change that's, of allegiance, because it's like changing of who we're connected to and and who we, we we're giving a reference to. So it's 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 like all of that mixed in. So you can maybe 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 make that part of your um, challenge. Come up with a new word, a word that what does it mean to be changing? whole way I think and view and, and, I, and I transform. And so the last part is this part, action. So that's what the, the prodigal son did. And that, that's why you've got to praise, you've got to give God thanks, you've got to give him glory. And now, sometimes your, um, your um, um, conscience is still, still not happy because it's feeling still bothered and agitated. Mm. So after repentance, you know, because remember I said that, um, where are we? Yeah. Which one was it? This one, this one. Remember, 
you can't do it all here. This is not how to do it. But once you have done either one, reframed your authority, obeyed, or you have repented, properly repented, which means mm. no AI. Yep. We have redone the proper one. Then you are free to train your conscience to get into alignment. Mm. You so can good. then tell it, don't condemn me. Stop feeling guilty. Stop judging. You, those things, you can tell your conscience, settle down. You, I don't, even if you feel bad, mm. you say, I, I'm, I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to let that be how I am. Yeah. And so I do something. And what do we do? Well, we you do, you begin to do um, these things. You begin to praise God and give him thanks and rejoice. <laughs> you have a party. Oh, no, no, no. Parties are for people who have behaved yeah. properly and get rewards. Mm. Oh, no, no. That's all in Jesus. I'm partying out of Jesus. Yeah. I'm partying out of my legism, of what Jesus has done. I'm rejoicing. Oh, no. Parties are reserved for people who have behaved well and done the green conscience. Not for you. You did red conscience. No, no. Red conscience was dealt with by repentance. Mm. I've renewed that. I've changed that. I've got a new way of looking at me, which is in Christ and what he's done. And his new creation. Plan, brand and a new, new creation in Christ. And that's who I am. I have his righteousness. And even if I wake up in the morning, see, see when, I re, when I do penance, I, I get a, a release. Mm. And then I wake up in the morning and I feel heavy again. So I, re, I, I, I do some more penance. Retrain. I do some more penance. Oh, I'm so sorry. I what a jerk I was yesterday. And then, then I wake up on the next day. What a jerk I was on Monday and Thursday. I'm like, what a jerk I was on Monday. Anyway, and, what a and some people here, you are, still, you are still doing penance over something you did 30 years ago. What a jerk I was back then. Because every now and again, the red conscience mm -hmm. bothers you for that. Yeah. And you say, well, I don't want to just, you know, that's, that's just keeping me humble because I did do that. No, and, you know, and then you do more penance. You got to repent of that. Yeah. Truly repent. Lights, camera, action, and you've got to be able to say, "I'm free from that." And and whenever the red comes up, you go, "No, no, no, that's okay." Dealt with by Jesus. Mm. I have Jesus' righteousness for that area now. That area has been cleansed. Yeah. And you are to feel comfortable and peace. You are not to remind me of my unrighteousness yeah. anymore. That has been cleansed. You can just settle down, and I'm going to train myself to feeling good yeah. in Jesus. I am forgiven. Oh, you know, so some people say, if you preach this, you share this type of message, you give people a license to sin. You know, it just opens the door to Christians sinning. Oh, I'll tell you something. This might come as a bit of a shock. Christians do not need a license to sin. They will sin without a license. They will do it unauthorized. Um, that's number one. It's just, just by thinking I'm going to give them a license. No, they'll find a way anyway. Number two is this is what they accused Paul of. They said, you know, Paul, you know, this is this is... How's this going to work? Mm. But I tell you, if you listen carefully, if you get the whole process in place, you will become this process. You will be living out. And that the, the other name for, um, for this one, um, action, is the um, fruits, the fruit of repentance. You, know, you can see that. I won't look up the scriptures now, but you can go and find it. Displaying the fruit of repentance. The, you know, so there's a result out of repentance. Yeah. All right. Make sure your fruit is not more penance 
and is like, I'm just going to do the right thing. That's not what fruit is. Fruit is out of having a brand new MetaNo AI, you now work this out. So you get a revelation of how good God is, the kindness of God, the mercies of God, the blessing that God has put on us, that him as the creator with a plan for this earth. And you say, God, I am, I am so sorry. I, I, I was living in my own flesh. I was mm. living under my own strength. I repent of that, Lord. I, I trust in you. I could be living this life under your strength and under your grace. Mm. And Lord, I'm rejoicing and I'm going to take steps towards that. I'm going to live it out. Yeah. That's the process. That's repentance. so good. He, yeah. he, he takes your burden so that you can be light. Yeah. It, it has been removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Yep. So why, why grab at it? Exactly. That's the sort of, that sort of scripture. You know, um, Psalm 103, it talks about east and west and moving the sin. Um, that's the sort of thing that we retrain ourselves with after we've done this because like, and, hey, hey, that's sin. Oh, you should, <laughs> too late, it's gone. No sense of sin. No, no, he's removed it. I am now rejoicing and ministering in him. And, um, and you just, and, um, and if you're struggling with something, you just re-emphasize and recall upon that and you declare that. And even when the, the red's flashing and you may be doing the something you shouldn't do, you just keep declaring what God has done for mm. you and who you are. Um, I'll finish with this and last story, and I've used it often. Because um, I heard the first time I heard this was Keith Moore was talking about this concept about um, he said he had a man who was struggling with um, smoking. He did not want to smoke, and but he just couldn't stop smoking. It was it was so he'd get the red flag, he'd get the red thing, then he'd light up. So he'd just be feeling terrible, and then he you know you try your remorse. Oh, I'm not such an idiot. You know, I'm spending millions of dollars and. I'm, you know, breathing toxic fumes. Oh, then I'd smoke again. You know, what I mean? the remorse. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. And and, he, and and Keith Moore said. So he said, no, no. You need to train yourself to see, renew your mind, who you are, and what's happening here, and all the mm. rest. And so he said, you say, you need to say things like, I have no desire for cigarettes. Mm. I do not like cigarettes. Cigarettes are not part of my future. That's, That's not who I am. And um, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. And he said, when you are picking a cigarette out of the packet, say, I have no desire for cigarettes. When you are lighting up, you say, I have no desire for cigarettes. And he's like, what? Well, one day, he suddenly got the revelation. Yeah. Came real. Yeah. And um, broke the power of cigarettes. Mm. Now, we had a friend at that, at that time when we, um, it was back cassette days, and um, they'd been a Christian for a couple of years, but they'd grown up in a non-Christian family where everyone smoked, and they smoked. And they just felt terrible about it. They said, I've tried the patches, I've tried everything. But one of the problems is as soon as they try and give up smoking, they're sitting around a table where everyone's smoking. And so it just draws them straight back in. They couldn't, and they could not give up smoking. So we, I said, listen to this cassette. Listen to this testimony, particularly it's mm, about that. That's good. And so they began to do that exact thing. They began, when they were reaching for a cigarette, they'd say, this is not who I am in Jesus. This is what God's done. And then one day, one day, they reached for a cigarette, and oh, the thought of smoking made them feel sick. The thought of smoking made them... Oh, I feel ill. Oh, oh, an instant total deliverance. Around their family, never wanted to smoke again. Just did not have that desire anymore. So good. Um, and it was like, it was right. It was, it was amazing. A little picture of exactly what we'd heard and mm. this, this whole picture of what God does. And this is all about this process is feeding out of this, speaking this, making this my authority, living this, letting prompting you and even when you're struggling you just use repentance come right back and you live not in shame because you know 
Remorse just takes you on your own yeah. journey. That, that's a that's a loop. <laughs> oh, it's a loop of, of of deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's and that's the Roman seven loop. Spiral down. <laughs> the thing I hate to do, I do even yeah. more. You know, the thing I hate, I I do. That's the remorse loop. It just feeds, and that's that's not what I'm saying at all. This the whole repentance is amazing. It liberates and mm. cleans. So every time you get forgiveness, you celebrate and you, re you rejoice. And people say, oh, aren't you you're just getting licensed because they know if they sin, then they'll get a freedom. No, I'm not talking about just getting freedom from the consequence. I'm talking about you d dig deep and each time you react, ah, there was, I didn't have to do this because I'm not a smoker. That's mm, not my desire. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a smoker. I'm speaking, speaking to cigarettes. I have no desire for you because that's what God has for me. And bang. And so um, you just, th this is a way of, of, taking that whole process and freeing us. It does not give us license to sin. It is the opposite. It will liberate us and enable us to walk in the grace of God yeah. and bring forth the fruits of repentance. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much. Just having looked down, some lights, camera in action. Yeah, uh, people who like Joe Rose, lights, cameras. She liked that illustration. Um, thank you so much for the encouragement. Yeah, so good. I appreciate your encouragement there. And I, I encourage you to just... Um, you maybe you need to repent. Maybe you, yeah. maybe you suddenly realize I've been doing penance for years. Yeah. Go and just repent. And repentance, you, it's a bang, finished, line in the sand. Yeah. You don't repeat it. If you wake up tomorrow and you still feel guilty, unless it's something else that God is putting on your heart, why don't we deal with this? If it's the same thing, that's just your overflow of your conscience needing to be retrained now. Mm. We're forgiven now. You no longer, that, you no longer do that anymore. We, we're and, liberated. And by doing that, it's removing that. That wet blanket off you that's, oh, yeah, that's heavy that's, and it's cold and it's weighing me down. Condemnation is heavy and it's shameful and it's, oh, I'm just such a jerk. Um, and so praise God, you can walk free from that and let your conscience become your best help in this, mm. not that thing that you just... <laughs> I tell you, the more, the more mature you become as a Christian, the more free inside and out. And I love that. If, if, if God is not looking or thinking about something that you've struggled with or you've done and, and you've done it the right way, well, yeah. neither will I. Like, We've had some people watching here, Lee Tester and Richard also, um, and, and Mark watching as well. You know, we, So thank you for those who have been watching you. and um, some like Richard, ah, no no comment till the very end, so we don't um, love, but I love the fact that you've been blessing. Josh, if you can go and press the, um, the stop button on our recording. Um, I just want to say... Um, I really appreciate you doing this. If you've got any questions or anything like that, um, go to our website, get in touch with us, or go and watch previous messages there. You might find something that will just be exactly what you need at this moment. Bless you, and um, look forward to seeing you next Friday for Breakthrough Academy.